Hey, it's Thomas Frank. I've just got a quick note for you before we get into the show. If you've been enjoying the Inforium or my videos over on YouTube, then you, my friend, should get Nebula. On Nebula, you get ad-free versions of both this podcast and my videos, along with exclusive stuff like extended versions of those videos. And it's not just our stuff that you're going to get. Dozens of other creators are on Nebula, including Ali Abdal, Wendover Productions, Braincraft, Tier Zoo, and lots more. Nebula gives us a chance to experiment, and since everything's ad-free, it's also the best way for you to get our content. Head over to theinforium.com slash nebula to sign up now. Hey, what is going on, everybody? And welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast, the internet's best resource for getting ahead as a student, but a terrible resource for learning how to get that job at Crayola where you get to name the crayon color names. I kind of want that job. It's been my dream job forever. This is all just they working shaped, They shaped the universe to me. They did, yeah. And I've heard it's very, very competitive to get that job. So I figured by building a media empire in the education space... I don't know where I'm going with this. Anyway. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. <laughs> my name is Thomas, and I'm here, as always, with my good friend Martin. We have our set built. What somewhat. do? There's stuff back there. There is some stuff to back there. To the audio people, you don't care. No, they do. They should care. Is they should it? care that their hosts are sitting in a studio that is more um, environmentally enriched. It does have a Waluigi, I'll give you that. Yeah, and the presence of the Waluigi Amiibo, and more importantly, the Wario Amiibo, mm, is going to mm. stimulate the discussion. Actually, I left that one out on purpose. And make the conversation much more organic and enjoyable to listen to. Yeah. Though I can I can still tell that I have a lot of work to do with the audio treatment to the, in this room. I think it is the Wario, though, if you it echoes too much. Oh, off, you think if I take the Wario out of the, the room, Wario. it's just going to sound super dead? It's, yeah, it's going to fix everything, <laughs> I promise. I actually, I had, so I bought this piece of software called RX6, which is from Isotope and it's like a audio fixing software. Uh, and I bought it because I did a video last summer at the standard office in New York city. And that is like the most echoey room you will ever go into. And Dave was like, my, he's my manager, basically like sponsor manager. He's like, Hey, are you professional? And I said, yeah, I guess and he's like, then, then spend the 400 bucks on RX6. So I have RX6 and it has this really cool plugin called D Reverb, and it can literally take the echo and reverb out of an audio file. It does a good job. It does a pretty darn good job. It's not that's cool. Per, like it won't work miracles. So if you're literally recording an echo chamber, it's not going to make it sound like you are in, you know, a beautifully treated studio or something. But I was able to make that video like listenable. And then um, it saved my bacon just the other day because I set up my new studio here. I did the video on to-do list apps, which is on the YouTube channel now. And I think I put the mic too close to my mouth and I didn't really test thoroughly because I'm used to it just being perfect because the old studio was always set up and there was a ton of clipping and RX6 was able to just get rid of all of it. So well, that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, this episode sponsored, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, that would be you really... shouldn't use the phrase, save my bacon. PETA is going to complain Dang about it. this episode of the podcast. Yeah, well, I think that enough people are already complaining about them for various tweets they have made that they should delete. <laughs> but yeah, I think that uh, Isotope sponsoring this podcast would be a poor move on their part. I just don't think we yeah. have a whole lot of people in yeah, the probably. audience who are in the market for like $400 audio fixing software. Yeah. Though if you are, like organic recommendation, it, again, saved my... Um, organic. tofu organic seitan based bacon substitute i've had carrot bacon that was actually really good carrot bacon okay i, I think it's you know it's like the smokiness the, the 
the flavor. It's more important than the substance below. Yeah. It was pretty good. I bet you could make really good mushroom bacon, actually. Oh, they have that at um, the Beyond stand in the Whole Foods in Boulder. Oh, yeah? I don't remember if I've had it, so I can't recommend it or not recommend it. Well, Native Foods has um, fake bacon, too. Yeah. On their but sandwiches. You, you can make stuff out of everything. Of, but it's real good. I don't know. I think theirs is primarily seitan-based, but I'm not. Mm. I'd have to double-check that. Anyway, this is not an episode about plant-based meat alternatives. True. It's about it could be. random stuff, so I guess that could have been. You know, Maybe that was a question. But, I actually have but not. But it wasn't. I haven't read through all the five <clears throat> questions that you collected here, so yeah. for all I question know, one, there could be one. How do you here. feel about meat alternatives? Answer. The cauliflower, the fried chicken-type cauliflower from Watercourse oh, in Denver man. is my favorite food. I think the and, fried and chicken... my memories of real fried chicken do not compare yeah. to this cauliflower, so... The, honestly, done. like, I say this as a Question non, answered. A non-vegan, non-vegetarian, the cauliflower fried, fried chicken at that restaurant The texture is, is good. It's perfect. Yeah, it's, like, in my top five And foods. there's no gristle. There's no complicated... No, it's just nothing but pure good. Ten times out of ten, I would eat that over Bam. fried chicken. Bonus questions Always. answered. Yep. Anyway, I don't know if I actually said our names, so what? in case I didn't, I hi, mean. my name's Thomas Frank, and I'm here with my good friend Martin Bamey. What a do. What up? And uh, we are doing a five questions episode. So if you are a new listener to the show, then um, you may not know that on about a monthly basis, I would say, we do we just take five questions from really any of the different mediums in which people send us questions. So Instagram DMs, uh, tweets, emails smoke signals reddit community the odd telepath who's able to slip horrifying imagery uh, into our dreams but also odd. asks for advice they're normal don't call that, them okay odd. they're normal i'm very sorry you're hurting the telepathic community <laughs> and i won't stand for it mm. and they've just told me that neither will they okay fair bam enough. look at that i'm very you see sorry. what kind of terrible jokes that can segue into that's the true. best kind and please make the noises stop i need to do a podcast thank you yeah we're good I guess asking them nicely, oh, you know. That's all you needed to what do. A good, what a good addition Respect, to this podcast. Ask things nicely. Telepath jokes. Yeah. They're the best. <laughs> so, yeah. Every, about once a month, we do five questions from you guys. It's kind of like a random grab bag of an episode. We like doing these episodes, and people tend to like them, so we keep doing them. And if you want to get an episode answered, if you want to get an episode answered on a five questions, that makes uh, yep. total sense. If you want to get a question of yours answered on one of our five questions episodes or possibly have it be turned into an entire episode topic that happens to, um, you can tweet me or Martin. I am Tom Frankly on Twitter and you are yo Martholomew. I am indeed. long for Martin. Apparently. It is. Uh, and those exact same usernames are on Instagram as well. Though I do have to say I have become deliberately bad at checking my Instagram DMs. Because yeah. I put Instagram at the very back of a folder in my phone, and I do not go on it very often because it's a waste of time for me. Yeah, I, I may see them eventually. Yeah. I may not. I post. Especially because it seems eventually if I don't get to something, it disappears. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I, I will see Twitter for sure, though. And I don't, I don't know what it is, but like Instagram DMs tend to spiral into big long conversations they that I feel do, obligated and to go I on. Don't have and for the, some reason, tweets don't. But Twitter, it's all, it's like... Let me give you one answer. And on yeah. Instagram, it's like, let's be best friends. Now. I, I don't have like time to, and yeah. I have to type on my phone and I hate that That's too. The problem. So I don't no, want to yeah. give a long answer to anything because I can't like edit it on, a, on my computer first and just mm-hmm. 
it's annoying to yeah. type on my phone. I think if there was a phones are dumb, like legitimately like designed for desktop inter- Instagram interface with the DMs, I would look at it more often. Yeah, but I would be more likely to answer things quickly. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, they're on my phone, but, eh. which I don't want to be on all the time. And it's, not only are they on my phone, they're like in a weird, like not normal inbox. I don't know about yours, but like I have my normal DM inbox and you got to go to like, I don't remember what it's called. It, Requests. Um, I think it's what it's called. Yeah. It doesn't even give you like a number for that. So you don't yeah. even know if they show up. Mine is 99 plus, which probably means 1000 plus. <laughs> yeah. So there was like, a time where I was trying to answer them every day because I don't know. I think I was very inspired by Gary V answering his DMs. Uh, and then I realized like this will take up all my time and I will do no substantial just work. respond to all of them with K. <laughs> I think <laughs> it that's works for worse all, than it works for responding. all messages. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's get into our first question here. Um, so question number one, I've never played any instruments before and I want to start now. I'm 20 years old and my expectations for playing proficiently are low. What advice do you have for elite instrument learner like me? Give up. <laughs> yeah, give up. You're, you never, know what? 20 years old, play. like you're basically on your way to the grave. You might as well spend the next 60 to 70 years sleeping. So, yeah, let me put this out there Obviously, right away. I'm like, lying for cultures 20, that don't get sarcasm. 20 years old is not late for basically anything other than becoming an Olympic-level figure skater. <clears throat> or maybe like an Olympic-level most athletics. But here's the thing. And I think a lot of people get tripped up here. They look at people who are at an Olympic level or they're at like, you know, top tier, best in the world concert pianist or concert uh, band level or whatever it is. And they they look at those people, learn that they have been learning, you know, their instrument or their sport since five years old, two years old, whatever it may be. And then they automatically assume, oh, too late for me. But those people represent point zero 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 one percent of not only the world's population but the world's population of practitioners in whatever it is you're interested in so it's kind of like it's kind of folly to look at the top performers out of everyone in a discipline and disqualify yourself simply because you did not start at the same time they did yeah you're not beethoven so you're not good enough to play i mean i don't think the assumption that you can't become skilled after a childhood is nearly as as simple as it sounds like it sounds like oh yep too late that makes sense but i think that a lot of it is just because as kids we are very good at focusing because we don't have any responsibilities yeah. we don't have to do anything <laughs> nothing else you gotta do um we can we have tons of time <laughs> mm-hmm. and all of those years of you doing it through childhood are extra years like i can't put as much time into something unless i try to Mm-hmm. as an adult, as I would have accidentally as a child. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, so it would be great if I had started playing piano at 10 years old, that would mean I would have 17 years of experience if I was actually diligent with it. Yeah. Though I can actually apply that. There's a parallel there. I can apply that to guitar because I got my first guitar at 11 years old and I was not diligent for 16 years of my life. It was more like I would occasionally pick it up and, and noodle around for five minutes and then put it back down because I was not disciplined at all. Yeah. Until maybe about a year and a half ago when I finally bought a new guitar. My first one was stolen in college. And uh, I started, like, you know, spending an hour a day sometimes playing. But 
you know, going back to the piano thing, it would be great if I had started at 10 because I would have 17 years of experience now. But if I start now, then at 54 years old, I will have 17 years of experience. And yeah. You know what? That's I'm going to be 54 years old and you'll be happy you me doesn't, now. <laughs> yeah, current me doesn't care about 54 year old Thomas, but someday I'm going to be 54 year old Thomas. I'm going to be like, sure. Glad I started at 27 instead of now. Uh, yeah. Cause if you don't start it now, then well, now you've got to wait for 55 year old Thomas to have that much experience exactly. and every year you mess it up and it gets later and later. And, and you know what? 55 year old Thomas is probably going <clears> to <throat> start something else. Yeah. And 70 year old Thomas will be very happy he did. Yeah. And also I think that the assumption that like, what do you even mean by playing proficiently? Because the yeah. assumption that you need to be world-class in order to enjoy something isn't true mm-hmm. at, at all. Like, I think instruments in particular, music brings joy. Can you yeah, just learn? doing it. You can guarantee learn enough to enjoy it mm-hmm. at, like, any age. I mean, sitting down with an hour you know, of practice. You know, it doesn't take that long to become enjoyable. You were messing around with the Kingdom Hearts thing, and it still yeah. sounds good already. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, there's there's some some skill that I bring over from guitar and I want yeah. to talk about skill transfer, but it, it's like day four of me playing and I can play at least the first eight measures of that song yeah. you know, decently well. And like, it's a very simple song. It's not anything that is going to win any awards, but I get a lot of joy from playing. Yeah. You get, you're not like, yeah, but this, the thing is, uh, this is garbage and I feel like garbage. It's yeah. still fun already. It was immediately fun. Mm-hmm. So something that's very useful to, for me is uh, I immediately acknowledge that there are top performers who I will never beat, right? Like, uh, who's the guy? Lists, list, L-I-Z-S-T, the like, best piano player in the world, or the Mozart, or anybody, or any of those like, you know, virtuoso pianists on YouTube. I will never be that good. And that's okay. So, like, I think the fact, like, just the, the deliberate acknowledgement of the fact that there will always be better people than you and that the joy of playing is what you're really going for is helpful because I think this is what stops people. Sometimes they see people who are further ahead and they're like, I'm never going to get there, but you're not trying to catch up with those people. You're just trying to do this for you. Yeah. Just say it's okay for somebody to be better in some way. Mm -hmm. And then you're allowed to do it to whatever degree you wanted. Yeah. Especially in music, right? Like, okay, if you're yeah, trying to be like... a super subjective topic. If you're trying to be like the top paid lawyer in your town for some reason, there's already like a lawyer who gets all the clients. Okay, maybe you got to like play catch up and work really hard to steal some clients. But like there's... You don't have to steal music from anybody. Yeah. You just make your own. Like there's, there's always more room in the world for music. Now, maybe there's not as much attention to go around, but there's still room in the world for creation of it. And that's what should matter. Yeah. Um. So he said like... You know, what advice do you have for a late instrument learner like that? Number one, don't view yourself as a late instrument learner. Just view yourself as starting now. It doesn't matter when you started. Just go from there. Uh, the nice thing about being a little older is you are probably better able to put smart learning techniques into practice than you were as a kid. And uh, we've got an entire episode on rapid skill acquisition yep. that we could put in the show notes. I have an, a video on it that's kind of like a distillation of that episode. So use you know, some better practice techniques, better ways of learning. Um, even the process of just selecting a very narrow band of area to focus on at first can be really helpful. So I've been selecting like Dearly the Beloved by Kingdom Hearts or by Kingdom Hearts. Dearly Beloved yeah. from Kingdom Mr. Hearts. Mr. Hearts, sir. Mr. Hearts. I really like your song. <laughs> You're a great composer, <laughs> Mr. Hearts. You know, I'm. that is the song I'm working on right now. Um, and then when I practice, like I'll do that song and then I'll work on, 
you know, left-hand arpeggios throwing in some right-hand stuff, right-hand arpeggios throwing in left-hand stuff, um, like some polyrhythms, things like that. But it's not just like, I'm not just like sitting there, you know, doing everything or not knowing how to practice. I know how to practice. So I make better progress. Yeah. Uh, And actually, I mean, this is a great question for you because you're better at the piano than I am. How do you practice to progress faster? I have been working a lot on my technique now, you know, after several years of arm related injuries in some way or another, I didn't progress. Those years meant nothing. They did not count toward my experience really because I couldn't build on my skills. Yeah. Now I'm taking piano lessons again, you know, so I guess that's, that's a way to learn something is through lessons. I I really like it because I'm trying to get the technique down really well, maybe fix some bad habits that I may, that I may or may not have. Mm -hmm. And, um, I've been focusing on two songs in particular. One is a more complicated song. This is for testing like my technical skill. Is that the one from um, the, Zelda? The Zelda one, yeah. Uh, Midna's Lament. And then another one, the Over the Garden Wall opening song. That's not nearly as complicated, but it gives me a chance to slow down and try to express more musically the piece because with piano you can do little light notes, you can do strong notes, and yeah. you can express a lot. So there's a like I don't want to just hit every note at the same exact volume, the same exact strength yeah. because then it's not even it's like I put it through a MIDI. Exactly, player. it's, it's it, MIDI. That's yeah. not what piano is. Literally, piano forte. It's the reason that instrument is fancy is because it was able to make light and strong notes. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's something with any instrument is like the expression is almost as important as the technicality. Yeah. So I'm trying to make sure that I have something that amuses me for both mm-hmm. and I'm taking lessons. Yeah. And that might be another tip to add in there is like, if you can take lessons, Yeah. which I have the intention to go get a teacher at some point, I think you, you told me that your teacher is booked up, she right? She is booked up at the moment. Denver is a big place with lots of people. I only got in because somebody canceled, like, okay. right after I asked. Yeah. Well, so, maybe I'll say put me I on mean, the uh, list and I'll maybe, find somebody. Maybe we find one of the other students and we uh, solve the problem. <laughs> yeah. We, we convince them to play guitar instead. Yeah. You know, guitar would be a lot more fun. Like, <laughs> piano's boring. Why? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Find a teacher. Um use efficient learning practices and check out our episode on that. If you want to learn about that. Uh, and then don't worry about how late you're starting Yeah, and pick, pick stuff to learn and or, or write that you enjoy. Mm-hmm. Like, um, the earliest piano lesson books you might find for super beginners, for example, are going to have Yankee doodle and when the saints yeah. go marching in. I mean, man, I love when the saints go marching in. I sing it all the time, but yeah, but that's not true at all. I'd prefer to play video game music. So mm-hmm. like Muse score, for example, as sheet music for things that you can find a simple song from a video game that might bring you more joy than Yankee Doodle if you are yeah. anyone. So Muse score, I've been using that too. I think it's like eight bucks a month if you want to print out sheet music, but you can get a 30 day trial. So you could do the trial, print out just like a buttload of sheet music. And then if you didn't want to yeah. pay, cancel it for now. And you've probably got like a couple of years worth of material that you want to learn. Yeah. You know, and that that's a good parallel to my vocal lessons. There's probably easier songs I could have started with, but um, on my first day with my teacher, we ran through some warm ups. I did a little bit of like testing stuff. And then he's like, all right, what songs do you want to work on? And I'm like, uh, I want to do vertigo from a vice of mice and men, which at the time was quite outside my range. And also, uh, I think, the right wrong from the deer hunter. I also really expected Evanescence. 
<laughs> no, <laughs> I think Amy Lee's a little too far out my range. <laughs> Though I could, I could just do like the male parts from Bring Me to Life. Don't let me die here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm pretty good at That's that one. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I remember my teacher saying like, "This is going to be a difficult song for you," but and he agreed with me. I was like. I would rather start with a song that's a little outside my comfort zone because it's going to push me. And I've gotten to the point where I can sing and hit every note in that song. And I couldn't on day one. So, you know, and I was more interested to do it. Yeah. So pick things that interest you. This week's episode of our show is brought to you by our friends over at Brilliant, who have built an awesome learning tool for anyone wanting to improve their skills in the areas of math, science, and computer science. And the great thing about Brilliant is whether you're doing their in-depth courses or whether you're doing their daily problems, they build all their educational material with the principle of active learning in mind. So instead of sitting in the classroom, passively intaking information or going through tons of introductory material without really getting to get your hands dirty, you're going to be immediately thrown into challenging yet bite-sized problems that will push you to efficiently learn and will keep your interest high. Now, within their course library, you're going to find tons of different courses ranging from calculus to algebra to math for quantitative training and finance, science courses like gravitational physics and computer science courses like their course on computer algorithms and one on computer memory. In addition, there is a daily problems feature. So if you want to start learning something new every single day, they release a couple of new problems every single day across tons of different subjects, which can help your knowledge branch out, but also get you in the habit of learning something new on a daily basis. So if you want to start learning for free and also get 20% off your annual premium subscription, be one of the first 83 people to go over to brilliant.org slash college info geek and sign up. Big thanks as always to Brilliant for sponsoring this episode and being a big supporter of our show. And another huge thanks goes out to our other sponsor this week, FreshBooks. FreshBooks is an awesome suite of tools for anybody who wants to automate and improve their processes for doing accounting and invoicing if they run their own businesses. So if you do any kind of freelance work or you run your own business or you're looking to run your own business, eventually you know that when you run your own business, you have to do everything yourself. That includes the actual work of your business, which in our case, is recording podcast episodes, doing YouTube videos, writing articles, all that good stuff. But we also have to do everything else, right? You have to deal with all the business paperwork and you have to send invoices to clients if you work with clients. Uh, and even if you don't, you have to at least record all of your transactions, all of your income sources, all of your expenses, and have all that data in a system that you can use for doing taxes at the end of the year, for knowing whether or not you're actually making a profit at the end of the month, all that kind of stuff. And in the past, this was a huge pain, both getting paid from people, but also doing all the accounting. I remember actually taking accounting courses where we would by hand do double entry bookkeeping things with paper and that's no way to do things. With FreshBooks, everything is either automated or made much more efficient. For example, you can generate a professional looking invoice in less than 30 seconds and send it off to your client and you can let them pay right on the invoice with a credit card. In fact, one of our writers, Roxine, does this every single month. She sends me an invoice with FreshBooks and I pay with my credit card on the invoice really, really quickly. In fact, people who use FreshBooks, including Roxine, get paid a lot faster than people who just send out paper invoices or email invoices with documents like Microsoft Word documents, all that kind of stuff. Additionally, FreshBooks can also help you make your bookkeeping process a lot faster and you can even attach scanned pictures of receipts that you can take with their app to your transactions. So if you wanna start spending more of your time doing the work that you actually wanna be doing in your business and less time dealing with invoicing and bookkeeping and accounting, then go over to freshbooks.com CIG and you can get a 30 day free trial at that link. And don't forget when you do that to enter College Invo Geek in the How Did You Hear About Us section. 
section. Once again, big thanks to FreshBooks for sponsoring this episode and supporting our show, and let's get back into it. Uh, question number two. I was listening to the episode where Martin talked about quitting video games for a month, and I thought it was interesting how you mentioned your increase in free time and decrease in the urge to play video games. You also mentioned how you might extend your withdrawal past the February challenge. I wanted to ask you how your experience has been so far, uh, as I have the same problem with YouTube and phone usage. How is your experience with FOMO, or fear of missing out? And do you have any tips for talking yourself out of relapsing when you really, really want to? So this one's kind of for you. Yeah. Um, so for the record, I have been playing video games again. Okay. Immediately after the challenge, I started playing Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah. Because I strongly <laughs> got the urge to play it near the end. Mm -hmm. And I was never... I, I knew I wasn't going to quit forever, even if yeah. I had continued the challenge. Because I'm not going to not be excited about the new generation of Pokemon that just got announced. Yeah. I have to. I love it. That's what I want. So I knew I wasn't going to quit forever. Um, but what I have noticed is that I've been able to play for like 40 minutes now, and then I just kind of don't want to. Mm -hmm. I just save and quit. Like at one point in in maybe the first week when I had started playing it, I was just like, I really feel like reading at the moment. And then I just put, I just turned off the game and started yeah. reading instead. And I haven't played in three or four days right now. It okay. just hasn't occurred to me to play this week. I haven't felt like it. So do you think that going cold turkey for a month made you better at moderating yeah, I, I broke the habit that said video games are how you spend every evening. Yeah. So I've been skipping it for several days now. And I've also let go of sort of the feeling that I need to finish stuff. That yeah. fear of missing out right there. Like, oh no, if I don't beat this game fast enough, I won't be caught up in time to play this other game. I have like 15 games that are not even, <laughs> I haven't even started them. They're not even played. I've spent yeah. a lot of money accidentally on games I thought I would play because I would have in my youth, mm -hmm. but I don't as an adult and I embrace that now. I don't have time, um, but I'm not concerned about what I'm missing out yeah. on on the games. Um, so I know I can still play the most important ones and that's the important thing. Yeah, I don't need to have time to play some indie game that, is um i can't even think of a dumb game because i haven't been looking at them i don't need to play those games but i need to play pokemon i want it mm -hmm. and now since i've prioritized i will have time without needing to sacrifice the rest of my life yeah and i'm not concerned about missing out on the games or youtube or phone usage because i'm more concerned about what i'm missing out on when i focus entirely on this artificial world yeah. or when i focus on social media or reddit or the opinions and lives of others, which is largely what the internet seems to be. It's like, God, I don't know what to think today. Could I go read what a bunch of other people think? And what am I missing out on? The the real world that's outside. I know mm -hmm. things like going outside, just being outside, sitting by the creek and watching the water will bring me joy. Yeah. I know that this happens every single time. Mm -hmm. So how many moments of that am I missing out on every time yeah. that I give in to some shallow addiction to content of some form maybe you got to put it on your wall like just i don't know tell yourself remember your priorities yeah because we can't focus on everything yeah so. we can't and it's been it's really important i think to get your priorities straight to sort them out i know what's important to me because partially because i do my every two weeks roughly oh, yeah. i switch up what is my priority for this half of a month mm -hmm. or so and i'm about to enter a new one and I'm thinking I'm going to cut back most things because I want to focus on fewer things. I'm trying to learn piano again. Yeah. 
and I'm trying to focus more on Spanish this year. So I'm basically ignoring French at the moment, mm -hmm. and that's okay. So fear of missing out, you're always missing out on something. That's how life works. You're yeah. missing out on every parallel life that you're not currently living. That's true. And while it's easy for me to spiral into thinking about that and going, oh, God, <laughs> it doesn't actually help because when I'm doing that, I'm still missing out on something. Yeah. So. Yeah, I kind of find myself like it, contemplating it contemplating like how everything we do is just kind of like it's it's so temporary so why like yesterday i was i was on the ski lift because i was skiing yesterday and i just saw like a dude like do a jump off of a off a little bank and then i was like oh you know t uh, half a second later that was over so why even do it and i'm like i have to keep telling myself like, it's because in the moment it it brings you joy so yeah. like what brings you joy in the moment this whatever it is okay so whatever i'm missing out on doesn't matter yeah Cause it's like, what brings me joy in the moment? And I mean, obviously I'm not like promoting pure, uh, hedonism as a philosophy for living, <laughs> but probably not, you know, when, when you're, when you're mired in this FOMO and you're worried about what you're missing out on, you have to focus on the fact that like, you're still experiencing something right now. And the fact that you chose to do it, you know, it should mean that you, you care about it. Yeah. And whatever that is. And anytime you're thinking about what you're missing out on, you're missing out on something better than thinking about what you're missing out That's on. True. So yeah. It's just embrace that you are missing out on stuff. You are mm -hmm. guaranteed all the time. Tons of really cool stuff you're not doing right now. Yeah. But that's life. So. so I did this whole video on like how I feel overwhelmed all the time. And I'm kind of working my way out of this quagmire that I've put myself in. Uh, and part of that, again, is, is focusing on the things that I really want to be doing. And one of that is like I, I want to make music. And I realized that like I haven't been making music because I find myself working all the time. But it's not that I'm working all the time. It's that I'm sometimes working ineffectively or I am letting myself get caught up in Twitter threads and things like that. So I've been pretty good over the past few weeks at not wasting time on Twitter or YouTube or Reddit because every time I get the urge to go there, I'm like, or you could have an extra hour tonight to learn the DAW you're trying to use or practice more piano if you didn't do this. Yeah. Because the work's got to get done. So, and like we are in the weird situation where we don't have to stay to work like stay till 5 p.m. or whatever it is which usually we just stay later but yeah we could just get done and then go do whatever we want but it just seems like you know the work fills the time that you allot for it and when you don't have structure when you're not working in an office or whatever like the time you allot for it is often all your time so you have to get disciplined about that yeah all right number three which is shorter which is nice how do i how do i know when to stop learning one skill and move on to another. My worry is that the more I try to learn new skills, the more likely it is for me to forget what I've learned in the past. Since you yourself has a, have applied a growth mindset, I would love to get your thoughts on the matter. So the first thing I'm going to say for this person is to go and watch my friend Mike Boyd's uh, January 2019 video, which it, it may have been like end of 2018, but right around there, uh, so every year around like the beginning of the new year, he's done a video where he's like, have I retained all these skills? Because his, his entire channel is about learning new skills really quickly. So he's learned how to stack dice and solve a Rubik's Cube super fast and do muscle ups and spin a basketball on his finger and wheelie a bike and all these things. Okay. Uh, and a lot of the, a lot of people in his audience have often said like, oh, well, you're learning all these new skills so fast. Like, don't you forget them? So two years running before uh january 2019 he did these compilation videos where i think he like 
he spent some time like repracticing the skill. So it could be like this really cool montage where he just walks through his set, like doing all these skills first try every time. And it's really impressive. But I liked the one he did this year because, uh, and I, I have to wonder if he did this partly because he didn't want to put as much time into the production. Like I totally <laughs> get it. But I, he, he's like, all right, this year, instead of, you know, doing this whole show and dance thing, I'm going to try to do all these skills, but I'm going to show you like real time how long it takes me. So like, does it take me multiple tries to stack the dice? Does it take me multiple tries to savor the bottle of wine? Things like that. Um, and he didn't get every single thing first try, but every skill he tried, except possibly doing a muscle up because that's kind of like muscle atrophy issues. Yeah. Every skill he tried, he was able to do again in like five minutes of practice. Yeah. Once you have enough of those neuron connections, it's those don't yeah. go away really. They may get kind they, of buried. They or can faded. be weak, but. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is like, if you let a skill lapse for a while and you come back to it, often you get really good at it really fast. Yeah. Like there's a period of time where you're just like, oh, I used to be so good at this and now I'm not, this sucks. And that's like a week at most. And then for whatever reason, your brain is like, goes into hyperactive mode and you start making crazy progress. And I've, I've seen this happen with guitar. I've seen it happen with figure skating because I did figure skating all of 2016. That was my initial learning phase kind of quick because I moved to Denver and then started going again uh, in 2018. And within like one session, I was back to doing my waltz jumps, back to doing spins better than I'd ever done before. Yeah. In fact, I had a lot of trouble with spins when I was learning with my coach. Like it was horrible. And then I took that long, long, long break, came back to it, and now I can do a spin no problem. Yeah. So maybe maybe sucks, you might, but... you'll temporarily forget mm-hmm. something. But when it becomes important again, you will be able to pick it back up. You can't be top notch at everything all the time. Yeah. That's just... You know, this is just, I don't know, these are all the questions of, of sad facts. You are missing out on stuff right now, <laughs> and you can't be the best at everything all at once. Yeah. Something of yours is not being maintained, mm-hmm. and that's just a, a balance. And when it is, if it is important, it'll come up more often, and you won't lose it. And if yeah. it's not important, it won't come up often, and it'll take you a little more effort later when you need it, when it is important. But, mm-hmm. like, it it's not important. So you don't need to be amazing at it right this second. Yeah. If my no. French is a little rusty right now, it doesn't matter because I'm talking to you. There's That's no true. downside. Nothing happens. Yeah, but parlez-vous français? Nah. You didn't know that. Nope. You I failed. Even, We're not what? friends anymore. You didn't even I respond to me. Oh, no. <laughs> so the question you got to ask yourself is, what do I want to do with this skill? Do I want to just enjoy myself and have a good time and embrace the joy of learning? Or do I want to do something impressive with this? You know, do I want to actually go and play a show where I sing and play guitar with an original song? Do I want to put out an album? Do I want to compete in this sport? If so, then you probably need to knuckle down and get disciplined and practice even when you don't want to. But if you're just like, I'm going to piano for fun and then you know, three weeks from now, I'm really interested in disc golf instead, then do that, you know? Yeah. Because the alternative you know, that a lot of people in this country are doing is just coming home from work every day and watching Netflix or playing video games. You know, and if, if you put three weeks into piano and you drop it to go play disc golf, like you're still doing better than, than that. Yeah. And don't even feel guilty about dropping stuff because I've been stuck in that. I've, I've had that feeling a lot when mm-hmm. it came to juggling all the languages I'm interested in when I had to give up Chinese and German, yeah. when I chose to not be maintaining those at all. And it felt terrible. But if I hold on to my past accomplishments so much that I can never do anything going forward but maintain my past, yep. then I will feel bad. 
and yeah, and it'll just get like harder and harder. Yeah, harder and I'll just keep stacking. I'll be like, but I have to be the best at everything. So now every single time I'm like, no, please don't show me a hobby. I can't maintain that. <laughs> every day I'm training in 10 different things and that's mm-hmm. all I get time to do. Yeah. So I, I have to constantly remind myself like you don't have to do this forever. Just try it. Who cares? You know? Yeah. Okay. So number four, I'm an introvert that likes people. Uh, and this is my fear. Or no, this is my first year of college in med school. People are really nice here, but I feel like I can't truly connect with somebody that's not nerdy. I had three friends before that weren't nerds, but we still stayed together most of the time. And I never felt a real true connection, no matter how much time we passed together. And in the end, I was left out. I tried making girlfriends, but it just doesn't click. I know that most boys play video games, at least in the country I currently live in, and that uh, maybe I should try. But whenever I do, they think that I have a thing for them. So I'm mm-hmm. guessing this is a girl. Yeah. Um, though I don't know if I should assume that. I don't know. I'm guessing it is. I don't know their community That's that true. they're in. Should I just keep trying till I find someone that works for me, or just satisfy myself with shallow friendships? This is a tough one. Um, um, I'm sure that there are girls that like video games to be found somewhere. Yeah, like my girlfriend. Yeah, that yeah, they're somewhere. They're at the playing, they're at the anime club meeting. <laughs> currently playing Kingdom Hearts um, three right now. Uh, two. I'm sorry that boys can be fairly inept at being able to differentiate friendship oh from gosh. romantic feelings. It's They're, yeah. Uh, it's not impossible to have a platonic friendship, though. Maybe you know if you find somebody who's really they're in a really happy relationship, and you know that might be easier. I don't have a good formula for that. I don't have the experience in needing to separate it. And I'm sorry about that. But also yeah. with these three people, did you only hang out with them ever in a group, by chance? Mm, because um, I personally can't connect well with people when it's not one-on-one in a group setting we'll make jokes we'll have shared jokes we'll do activities but it doesn't really matter how many times we do that i can still come out afterward i go home and i'll still have this little nagging feeling that i secretly don't belong or that the Mm -hmm. people there like each other more than me which might be true sometimes but i only connect well one-on-one and that's the only thing that will reassure me that they i do have a connection with these people really and I can't fix that if I don't reach out to somebody in the group to hang out with specifically. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm never going to open up to a group because I can't manage everybody's reactions to my sincerity all at once. Yeah. It's hard to gauge what direction to go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably the most important thing is you have to have alone time. Yeah. Because you know, if you want to talk about something serious and you're in a group, like, that's you know, three different calculations you're making on whether or not being vulnerable in that situation is worth it or if it's going to backfire or if it's with one person, it's like, it's easier to make that leap. You know, it's, yeah. And you don't want to kill like an organic level, right? You like, you, you just kind of know you can say it. Yeah. And you don't want to kill the vibe in a group setting. Mm-hmm. You, you all go out to do something fun and you're just like, I'm really sad. My dog died. Like, yes, maybe you need to talk to somebody about that, but a group setting is simply not the time to be vulnerable, to connect with people. Yeah. And it's hard to do that. And mm-hmm. I couldn't have made close friends if I didn't hang out with them one-on-one. Yeah. It would always just be shallow, dumb jokes and references to Tim and Eric things, <laughs> which are great. But, you know, it's just not – it's not quite the same. Yeah. You you got to sometimes have quality time. Alone. Yeah. James Qual. <laughs> with friends. So we'll leave that one there. Um have we done an episode on making friends? I, I think. Oh, we did we the episode have a on, like, on how not being to make friends forever. Yeah. yeah. So we'll so that link might to help. that one. That that would probably help. But one on one time is is my biggest thing. We actually have a lot of content on CIG about friendships now. Yeah. We there's that episode. Probably a lot of stuff. There's two videos I did. One Ooh, on building nice. closer friendships. Good. And then I think we have an entire article that Ransom wrote. 
So so yeah, go go to anime club, find some cool nerds, and yes. uh, hang out with them, or at least talk to them in one conversation, one on one, so that you're more than a member of a group. Yeah, and maybe you know if we think about it more, we could address the whole like, how do you deal with hanging out with the opposite sex without it just devolving into you know i don't know i can't say that i did not be it's hard i was pretty dumb about that when like, i was young I too like is, i i understand how that happens yeah like can you communicate it in a way that is tactful that like lets mm. you go forward but that you also because sometimes even if you're like no this is strictly platonic it might come off as a challenge to the wrong person that's who's true. just like no i'll win them over i've got this delusional idea in my mind from movies where the friends end up yeah. together so that that's a very difficult thing and mm. i don't have a good answer to that part right there but i would say that you can find people and that hanging out one-on-one might make you closer than hanging out in a group if if that's what you were doing yeah that's true sometimes people just need to be told yeah. you know like when they say they want to be friends they that's not a challenge like just, they want to be friends. just just for the record <laughs> uh no just for the and no yeah this it does just it just means that there's no clever movie ending yep. in my mind here i'm not saying maybe he'll try harder I don't yeah, know, that's like that's a difficult simulator where it's like all right which of these choices can i move my cursor to to make her change her know. mind punch him in the face that's that's always a good one for certain <laughs> results maybe not the ones that you're going for you're but right it's a bad results. it's bad advice <laughs> like going to jail what are you gonna do all right last question i just got a job offer in a company that is very different from anything that i've ever done before i hit it off well with my interviewers but i can't help but feel that i am underqualified I'm going to accept the offer because it pays way more than if I stayed in the industry that I've gone to school for and it'll look good on my resume, but I can't help uh, but to feel anxious. Do you have any tips for someone going into an entire different industry from what they've always done and how to not feel like a fraud? Well, I guess the first student is like all of us feel like frauds all the time. Yeah, I feel like fraud right now. <laughs> what qualifies me to be on this microphone? I don't know. I didn't go to school for it. Well, I, I let you in the front door. Yeah. That's a qualification. That's true. I made it here. Like if someone broke into my house, I would say unqualified. There was a cat outside. That's a good omen. There was a cat outside. And cats are good omens. So there you go. Um, I remember when I got my first internship, which was at a big financial company doing networking stuff and IT stuff. And I remember I got there and my boss like sent me this giant PDF of all the network details for the company. And I was looking through it and I was spending some time also talking to my coworkers about the things they do. And it became very quickly apparent to me that I had absolutely no clue what I was doing. I mean, I was just this college kid with like a little bit of HTML and CSS experience and some work in the IT tech support center where I knew how to like fix internet problems on a user's desktop. But I knew nothing about network topology, nothing about firewalls, nothing about enterprise software, anything like that. So basically, I was like at square one. Um, I wouldn't, and I guess for this person, like I wouldn't take, you know, I wouldn't like fail to give your interviewers credit. They probably know that you are not like perfectly qualified right now, but they saw something in you. They saw either a set of skills that's decently tangential to what they need from you so you could learn quickly. Uh, they probably saw the ability to adapt quickly, to communicate well, to lead. Something convinced them to hire you. So they are probably anticipating that there's going to be a bit of a training period. And you just need to keep that in mind. 
Like you're not a fraud. You're just in training. Yeah. When I got my first job out of college, it took like six months before I really felt like, okay, I know everything that's going on now. Mm -hmm. I can go in very confident that I'm going to accomplish what I set out to accomplish and I can answer everybody's questions. But before that, there was a lot of, oh God, I'm confused. There's a lot to, to learn. And I feel like the you know, it's just that classes of any kind aren't going to literally prepare you for any particular business's yeah. work. It's a very specific way everybody runs their business. Mm -hmm. You're going to learn all this stuff on the job. So you'll probably feel a little off for a bit, but you're just getting used to it and it will click at some point. And uh, as far as <clears throat> feeling like a fraud about things in general, like imposter syndrome, I frequently feel bad about any of the skills I'm decent at because as I get better at them, my standards <laughs> get higher. And you, you start so, to realize like just how much you don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, I like to keep my standards right above wherever I'm at so that I can never feel good about what I've done. <laughs> that's, that's my pro tip. But it just I like... I think that's like the life of a creative. Yeah. Or anybody who's ambitious. Like you're always aiming for something just above where you can actually do. Yeah. But that's good. The learning is never done. Yeah. And I think like there's like, this is the, the sad fact of life is like, if you're ambitious, if you're creative, if you're putting work into the world that is worth something, like you always leave some part of yourself in it. And a lot of times it's just like your own confidence because you know that it could be just a little bit better. Yeah. You know, but if, if you didn't have that, like you'd probably be apathetic. You'd probably be okay with putting the same kind of stuff out all the time. Now the learning, the learning never stops mm -hmm. in until someday. <laughs> Until and someday. then suddenly it does. But again, it's about the moment. It's about <laughs> yeah. embracing the ephemerality I'm just of get, life. Getting existential okay? over here. The mandala. Remember the mandala. It's gotta be swept away someday. But it's the making of the thing. True. It's not it's not yeah. the thing lasting. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> Where you know, basically to some degree, nobody knows what they're doing and at least something yeah. that they do. You know, some of us might be experts in some things, <laughs> but like so many people don't know what's, we're just making Not it up. All. Yeah. You know, and it, any discipline you're in, like you're always going to know like, oh, I couldn't do that. And like the better you get at it, you realize like just how much more difficult it was to do something that's like that you thought was in the same wheelhouse. Yeah. You know, like when I was learning After Effects at the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm going to learn After Effects. And I'll know how to do everything in After Effects. And now I'm like, no. Because people who work with like virtual cameras or any like a 3D plugins, like that's a totally different skill Yeah, see, set. and I don't know what that is. Yeah. So you don't know, worry about it. You don't know what you don't know until you know what mm -hmm. you don't know. Um, what I would do though is, again, use that rapid skill acquisition process to try to get yourself up to speed really quickly. And I would also uh, take time to learn or to get to know your coworkers and then ask them like, hey, what is it that you do? Like, can you maybe walk through like a day in the life or just, you know, chat with them? And you're probably going to glean a bunch of stuff that could apply to your own position. So just yep. work on learning. Yeah. I've had several friends who I knew in college or who I've known and then who have gotten different jobs use the phrase drinking from a fire hose. Yeah. Uh, especially a friend of mine who got hired at Google. And he was like, I'm very much in the drinking from a fire hose period right now. And I feel like I'm a complete fraud. But you know what? He still works there and he's doing great. Yeah. <laughs> There's just a lot to learn when you work at Google. So, uh, just keep that, you know, keep that mindset of I'm going to learn and I'm going to acquire skills rapidly. And maybe I feel like a fraud, but everyone does kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, those are our five questions. Again, if you want to get your five questions or one question along with four others from other people <laughs> onto this podcast, then, uh, I'm Tom Frankly on Twitter. 
You are yo Bartholomew on Twitter. Uh, we also have a contact form on the College Info Geek website. There's plenty of ways to contact us. So feel free to send your questions in. Those may also become actual episode topics. Uh, so big thanks for you if you do that. Also, thanks for just listening, hanging out with us, sticking around, and possibly subscribing to the show. If you haven't done that, you can subscribe on YouTube or you can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast player if you want to take the audio version of this podcast with you wherever you go. New episodes come out every single Monday at like, what, 8, 8 a.m. Eastern or something like that. I Sometime around then. I don't remember when we published Something things. like that, time zones. So, yeah, time zones. Uh, the mornings for us on Monday. The website is in a different time zone than we currently live, and neither Wait, of those it? are Eastern, so it's confusing. What's the website in? Central still. Wait, how is the website in Central? I'm like the WordPress settings. Oh, the WordPress settings. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah, so I work within several every morning, <laughs> when, or every week when I set it up, so I don't know. You know what? Mondays at like noon Eastern, it's going to be out. You know, and possibly before that. Probably, probably <laughs> earlier. I think it's... Uh, Six Central. What's that in? Is that seven Eastern? That's, yes. Yeah, because Central is one hour behind Eastern. Okay. And then we're two, and then yeah, West Coast is three. Yeah. And then Hawaiian time. I don't even know. I don't. They. I don't know. Japan was fourteen hours ahead of Iowa, so I think fifteen hours ahead of us. Yeah, because they're across the state line. I, don't I remember know, that. Man. Yeah, so they're they're gonna get our podcast. No, they won't. They won't get it first. That's not how that works. They, will, they won't get it later either gonna get because it that's future. also not how it works. <laughs> anyway, uh, cigpodcast.com is where you can go to find those subscription links. And if you want to find the show notes for this episode with all the different resources that we mentioned, then you can go over to cigpodcast.com slash two fifty three. That is the episode number, and uh, you'll find all kinds of cool stuff there. You can also go to collegeinfogeek.com slash resources to find our favorite apps, tools, our merch. We've got some cool shirts. In fact, there's some brand new shirts that just came into the store. We have tank tops, we have ladies t-shirts, and we have mugs that you can't wear as a shirt unless you're a very, very small person and are able to punch holes in the mug and then wear it like a poncho. I wouldn't recommend that. I'd recommend buying the shirt instead. I recommend yeah. it. It looks like a cool outfit. <laughs> you could do that. The never stop learning thing is going to be upside down, though, if you do it that way. Oh, because you're gonna have to punch a hole in the bottom of the mug for like your head. No, you flip. You put punch the hole in the bottom of the mug for your legs. <laughs> oh, and then you like you get like attached suspenders. suspenders. Yeah, it's like a Halloween <laughs> it's like costume. The barrel. <laughs> We're gonna get that for the merch store now. This is quality content. <laughs> um, Collegeofbogey.com/slash/merch is the short link for that one. Last but not least, if you enjoy this show and you want to help us grow, a great way to do that is to give us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Uh, it's easy to do that in the iPhone app, just the podcast app, or on your desktop with the iTunes software. I believe that helps us go up the rankings, but either way, it gives us good, valuable feedback on uh, how we are doing and what we can improve on. So big thanks to you if you do that you can also share this episode or any other episode with a friend maybe they'll become a fan of the podcast as well and uh last but not least again thank you for hanging out with us that is it for this week so we will see you in next week's episode stay cute